This is uh, Ed and Red show. I'm Ed. Red Leanna K is right there. Yo, no. Leanna. Um, there will be. There's one thing that I look forward to with the dropping of the mask mandates. Oh. This way, I won't see people during a mask mandate walking through a grocery store not wearing a mask, <laughs> and me wanting to punch their face in. Because with their smug look on their face, like they're all looking like, huh, who's gonna who's gonna pick a fight with me? Who's gonna pick a fight with me? Like, see, I I, I, I hate these people. I want to stomp on their heads. I and have so been now with the uh, with, with let me rant. So now with the mask mandates dropped, if somebody's not wearing a mask, it's not because they're trying to show that they're free thinkers who've done their own research. They're just people who who don't have to wear a mask. Yes, you were saying. Uh, see, I have the opposite problem. People are going to pick fights with people who are wearing masks, like going on in the States. People, we get that mask off. And I don't, I I am nervous. I don't want- Why do people even care if you're wearing a mask? But, but it's the same reason you described that people were looking for a fight. They just want to fight. They've got their, they've got this, um, I can't describe what the phenomenon is because I can't say the words on the radio, but I shall say they have their the bit in their teeth like a racehorse. And so they're just running and running and running and not really controllable. Well, this, I mean, first, I, I don't think that it were necessarily, it's the right time to drop the mask mandate. Uh, I think Ford it's is, too early. Ford is just hot to trot because he wants to uh, he wants to play to his base because we're getting close to an election. Yeah. He wants to seem like the happy-go-lucky guy who freed them from having to wear a mask. Um, See, I'll, I, be I'll be okay with it in like, I don't know, end of April, May, when it's warm outside. And you know when the case counts sort of naturally go down? Well, I think they're going down now. There depends on stuff. I mean, we don't, they're measuring waste wastewater now, right? They're not. Now there's a job I'd love to have. I, I, uh, it, it's poop what, science. It, what, so what do you do? Imagine that at a cocktail party. What do you do? I measure wastewater. See, really? I, I, I actually, have a conversation over there to go to. Yeah, maybe I'll start saying that now that people have to socialize again. When people ask me what I do, I'll say I, I, I measure disease in wastewater because then they won't ask me any more questions. No, they'll, and they certainly won't want to shake your hand. Excellent. Or ask for a hug. Excellent. I usually tell people when they ask me what I do, I say I clean up after the elephants. It leaves them suitably confused. No, but they and know that's I use not that true. I use that confusion moment when they're trying to think of a comeback to leave. <laughs> See, I prefer to drive people away than leave because people get less mad when they reject you. But aren't they getting mad? Aren't they um, rejecting you because you've made them mad? No, but if, if they think I'm weird and they reject me, they think I'm insane and they reject me. Well, they feel like they're in control, so they don't get mad. But if I walk away from them, then I'm being rude. So I, I just what we call freak the mundanes. And so they reject me and I'm good. When you say that you work in wastewater, yep. you have to do something like uh, as if it's like a, a, a habit, like just sort of slowly uh, sniff at your hand. Oh, God. So 
just to emphasize the grossness of it. Oh dear. There, that's because I mean, how do you go to school saying, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to work in wastewater when I get older? What's the degree for working in wastewater, and how do you do exams? I actually, um, I find that science really, really interesting. What is uh, the, I, tell for, for those of us who don't know? What is the science of wastewater? In, instead of testing individual people, they basically test sewer water for the amount of uh, COVID or, or other diseases in it. They actually found that it was a better predictor earlier of outbreak trends than individual testing, because indiv in order to get individual testing, individual people have to go to the tests. Right. But when you're measuring the wastewater of an entire building, you get test results for a collection of, you know, 500 people all at once. And it was actually a better predictor of the way COVID trends were going to go earlier in 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 the pandemic when individual testing was sort of limited because there weren't enough tests. I, I find the science just absolutely fascinating. They're, they're measuring large groups of people. It's cheaper. You don't need individual consent um to to measure people's waste and it, it actually worked and so i i'm less concerned about the individual testing going down i i think that the you know the whole rapid test thing is creating a false sense of security the thing that i am most concerned about is another variant because um vaccination rates in the rest of the world are not where they need to be to stop this thing from mutating well Perhaps along the lines of the rapid test and so on, perhaps they can distribute a kit where you can measure your own wastewater to see if, in fact, you uh, you might have COVID. Okay, this is what I think, Ed. If if you're not feeling well, stay home. If you're not feeling well, uh, and and workplaces and social groups are going to have to be more understanding of this than they have been historically. Oh, if you're work, sick, oh yeah, because work group, like businesses, they're very compassionate. <laughs> yeah, but if you're sick, stay home. I don't care if it's socialization. I don't care if it's work. Now we have Zoom, people can work from home. If you're sick, stay home, whether that's school, whether that's work, whether that's social, social time. People are like, I need my social time. You're going to get everybody sick. Stay home. That, that's simple. That is the best prevention tool we have. With all this, this um, stuff about personal responsibility and individual choices and all that, if you're sick, stay home, period. Can you imagine being the uh, founder of Skype? What, just, Zoom totally taking it over? Yeah, like just sit there like all day long wondering what happened. Your, oh. your, your head in your hands. Skype. The, at one point, they, they were the things like, I'll Skype you. It was a, its own verb. It oh, was, yeah, but, it but was they... ubiquitous. Everybody was using it. Then comes Zoom, and it's like, you are uh, yesterday's hotness. Okay, you are but, wastewater. Okay, but, but Skype sold to, uh, was it Microsoft or Facebook? One of those two, long before Zoom came along. And the service quality of Skype uh, reduced significantly after it was acquired. So Skype was already on the way out. Like I, I read something somewhere, I forget where somebody said about Skyping. And I was like, what year is it? Skype so was, was up there with GeoCities. And, it was Microsoft. And, and dial up. 
Uh, it was Microsoft. I suspect that the technology has been bundled into Microsoft Teams. Uh, for uh, for Skype. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good because now I don't have to remember my Skype because I don't know what it, I never remembered what it was. The, I didn't remember what my password was. The nice thing about Zoom is it it records the conversation so much better. Skype, you had to use this like third party tool that didn't That's balance right. the audio very well. And Zoom is just an it is and it, a, would, go, and it would break down and you wouldn't know yeah. until yeah. after. I remember recording podcasts. And like some with some some notable names. And then after the podcast, you discover it recorded five minutes of it and didn't record the whole thing or it stopped a certain place or it never started at all. Yeah, the way Zoom and say, can we do this again? Because even if you do do it again, you lose you're reenacting. You're not doing something live. So it's it's lousy. It's like uh, those those losers who do Shakespeare in the park. They they're just reading lines. You heard me. I like Shakespeare in the park. Well, I'd rather Shakespeare was in the park because I don't go to the park that often. Okay, I was uh, I was um, trolling somebody on Twitter the other day by insulting them in in Shakespearean insults um, because he was one of those guys that uh, you know accuses me of these horribly unethical things, and then was like, "I am nothing but pol- I was nothing but polite," and so I just started giving him the gears in in Shakespearean. It was fun. Well, for you, it was like pull, pulling the wings off a fly. Well, no, it, it wasn't causing with a magnifying glass. No, it wasn't causing anyone any physical harm. And if the guy wanted to know what I was saying, he could have Googled it. You know, it just I am not going to my attitude for for social media, my attitude for anything online is I am going to have fun with you or I am going to have fun at your expense, your choice, because life's too short to get upset about things that happen on the internet. Now, do you present this to them when it begins that I have, there are two choices here and let them choose whether you're going to have fun with them or at their expense? Do you you give them that option? Sometimes I actually do. Sometimes I am that open about it. Like, look, I'm, I'm, we're gonna laugh with, or I'm going to laugh at. And this guy, I actually did say, you know, I actually gave him a chance to admit he'd gone off his meds. <laughs> Assuming, and, of course, that he was on meds. Oh, the way this guy was talking, it something was not right with the guy. But, you know, if, if somebody I've, I've actually said sometimes, you know, off your meds being something of a colloquialism, but it is sort of an opportunity for someone to go. Actually, I am having a bad day. And some people have been self-aware enough to do that. But if well, I you give, had a bad day, yeah, didn't but if, take meds. But if I give someone an opportunity to back away and they double down savage savage mockery time at this particular guy i explained that to him and he kept going i told him i was Some savagely mocking are, him. remember a couple of weeks ago i talked about the bill murray movie quick change yes where a guy with a guitar strapped horizontally across his back tried to enter a bus and he couldn't because the guitar kept hitting the door and he would take the step step up and be pushed back and take the step up we pushed back he continued to to try to get into the bus 
even though the guitar was preventing him from doing it, he never clued in or changed his approach. That is how I see these people on the internet. It's like, you're getting stomped. I'm stomping you like a flaming bag of dog poop. And they just, they just keep going. It's like, why are you still here? Do you, do you have a, is this a fetish thing? Are, are you going to call me master? Like, is it, you know, do you need a safe word? What is going on with these people who keep getting beaten up and they keep getting back up? I mean, maybe it's that thing that it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times uh, you get up. But in some cases, it's how many times you get knocked down because you should stay down. I actually think some people, they don't know the difference between positive attention and negative attention. And all that matters to them is that there's attention, if that makes any sense. And well, it, it, at least somebody acknowledges they're alive. Yeah, some people this small little ignored existence. Some people too, they've got a bit of a, I'll say it, sort of a delusional state going on that they think that if they emulate, you know, the public face of these big YouTubers, they'll end up with millions of followers as well. And so they actually seek out, you know, the debate me types. They seek out people with larger followings. Like this, this one guy claimed I, you know, said something in support of trans people uh, just for the money. And then he pulled a debate me and he had 180 Twitter followers. And I basically said, you claim I only do this stuff for the money and you only have 180 Twitter followers. You you talked yourself out of getting what you want here. Well, you're leaving out the point where he said he wanted to do the debate because it would get him more followers. Yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't see that as doing it for the money, which I realized- Of course, because there's no bloody money in Twitter unless you're uh, the, the, well, the daughter of uh, the girl from Full House. And he you, wanted to do makeup tips. I got to start doing makeup tips online, by the way. He wanted to do the YouTube stream thing, and that's always a bad idea because they're not- debates there is a formal debate structure that actually works and you know these these things that people do online are not that because in, in a formal debate everybody votes at the beginning right and then the whole idea is who which side persuaded more people to change their minds it, so it's persuasion. It's not how many people think this thing, how many people think that thing. It's how many people thought this at the beginning versus how many people thought that at the end. Now you can gain that, right, by voting for the side you think you're not going to agree with at the end. But still, that's that's the whole idea of a formal debate is the people, the, the side who wins is the one that persuades more people, not who started with the more popular viewpoint. Speaking of popular viewpoints, um, we're going to talk about an unpopular viewpoint. When we come back, we're going to talk about the don't say gay legislation that uh, passed in Florida. Um, it, it affects children kindergarten to grade three, and it's become quite a battleground. Um, uh, a lot of uh, fear and hurt feelings. And in my view, um, it's kind of a useless law, um, but we will uh, talk about that when we come back. Right, Leanna? Right. All right. So stick with us here on Saga 960 AM.
ironic that uh, Disney is based in Florida. Uh, yes, and for Disney, this and week. you, uh, Disney's made us realize recently you can't talk about Bruno. You don't <laughs> talk about Bruno, but you also can't say gay. Well, gay, um, gay, not, gay, 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 gay. Not if you're a teacher in the state of Florida come the summer. If you're a student, you can still say it. Yeah, a student between. Are you even a student when it's between kindergarten and grade three? You well, really consider somebody in grade three a student? Yeah, I mean, grade three, grade three was the year I remember, you know, saying, talking about gay was really popular in grade three. It was one of those things we sort of knew what it meant, but didn't know what it meant. And yeah. so, you know, third, third graders tended to use it as an insult. We knew what it re would refer to. But there wasn't the, you know, the sensitivity and the empathy. So I actually do think that, you know, third grade's not nothing. And personally, I, I believe that this stuff should be taught in schools. But if anybody would like to read the actual um, wording of the bill, I highly recommend it. It is. We, we will get to that. Because that is, is kind of a, a piece there is. Okay, should, should I should I hold up on that? Yeah, hold up on I, that. Because because in fact, Liana has found in reading the bill um, that it became law. Did it not? I, I I don't know if DeSantis has signed it yet, but okay, the bill has in it the uh, the key to its demise. But we'll get to that. I I am completely uninterested in the fight surrounding the bill. I don't think it was right for people to demand that Disney weigh in on, on a specific political issue. Because once you do it once, you have to do it all the time. I actually do agree with Bob Chappick that That's Disney- the Disney made, CEO, right? Yeah, the new Disney CEO who took a lot of heat because he gave $500 to a Republican once, but gave the maximum to a bunch of Democrats. Um, but I, I agree with him that Disney's statements are in their products. You know, those moments in like, what was the movie Onward? Where there was like the cop and she mentioned her wife or a girlfriend or something like this, a little throwaway thing. But they didn't have to put that in an all ages cartoon. They did. That, that, that's, that's Disney's statement on this stuff, right? They are saying gay in those moments entertainment companies should not have their arms twisted to weigh in on specific pieces of legislation. It's not their strength. They're not experts. Bullying corporations is no substitute for getting out there and winning hearts and minds on these fights. Trust you know, me, I've been doing this since the 90s. Oh, God. <laughs> wow, that's a long track record. Um, when I was in third, third grade, we didn't know what that gay meant homosexual in third grade back in those days you didn't know there were things such as homosexuals um it, unless you, know, you would, unless would, you were there was a <laughs> friend okay. uh, there was a friend whose uh aunt had this guy who was supposedly her boyfriend but wasn't really her boyfriend but he went everywhere there, and he had one of those you know those those fancy mustachios okay uh, kind of like Fisto from the man, uh, yeah. Masters of the Universe. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I subsequently learned that that is or was something which was a fashion statement amongst the, the, the gay uh -huh. community. Uh, but that time I just thought he was a guy with a funny mustache. And right. 
All we knew about gay was if we thought something was lame, we would say not that's lame, we'd say that's gay. You're not supposed to say that's lame anymore either. Oh, I know, because it, it upsets horses. No, it's, um, it's funny because I actually am technically lame. I have a bad leg. So that one always makes me laugh. Um, but uh, see, the thing about all the, uh, okay, the thing that, here's the two things, okay? There are the people on the conservative side who say that anybody who objects to this don't say gay law, which restricts teachers from instructing in the classroom about gender identity or sexuality. Sexual uh, orientation. Sexual orientation. Right. Um, it, for it, kids, kindergarten to grade three, uh, they say that anybody who opposes that bill is in support of pedophiles grooming children. Yeah. Which is, what the hell are you thinking? Why, if you think that this is a law which is restrictive and which does not uh, effectively prepare kids for the world they're living in, why does that make you automatically a pedophile? That means that any teacher who answers a question about why Jimmy has two moms is doing it because she wants to groom Jimmy because she's a pedophile. What is with the right wing and their things about pedophilia, everything, the Pizzagate thing that there's, uh, that the Democrats and Hillary Clinton run a uh, pedophile ring out of a pizza, a pizza parlor in uh, Virginia that doesn't even have a, they say they're running it out of the basement. The store doesn't even have a basement. Um, there, there's this obsession with constantly suspecting everybody is a, is a pedo and uh, calling people pedos. And this is an absurd, this is an absurd way to demonize people who don't like their stupid, their stupid bill. And on the other side, there's people who are just totally freaking out. You know, when I was in school, again, when I was in school, um, when there was questions about where do babies come from and things like that, the teacher had an answer. It was ask your parents. And uh, I think that, that, that kids up to grade three, I don't think you should be instructing them in uh, sexual preference because they're not even sexual at that uh, point in time. Uh, they're not, I don't care how many hormones uh, they've, been, they've taken in through meat. They are not you, sexual. They it, do not understand sexuality in the third grade. Ed, it's not, it's not bow chicka bow bow. It's a mummy or a daddy, two mummies, two daddies. That, that, that doesn't really, I don't think kids can really relate that deeply to it. And if, if, and they're going to pick what, it up. What about the have, kid? What about the kid that has two mummies or two daddies? It's normal for them. No, it's not. If it, I mean, God, when I was in school, it was, you know, the, the Gen X divorce, uh, spiked up, but you were embarrassed to go to school if your parents had separated. Because it was not considered normal. It was it was wrong or broken or it said there was something wrong with you. So it was this real sense of shame if your parents weren't together back then. Now it's normal. School can enforce the same. They can send the same messages to kids who who have, you know, parents who are not straight. Does it I mean, how does a school send negative messages about parents who aren't straight if you're not even talking about it. It's impossible to not talk about it. Uh, see, kids today, it is, no, it's, they're not, impossible. It's, not as, it is not as strange 
having two moms or two dads as it used to be. It's okay, but far Ed, more common in urban areas. Ed, what's one of the things they do in like kindergarten or the first grade? Draw a picture of your family, right? Yeah. Would, can't do yeah. that anymore. Yes, you can. The kids no, can do can't. whatever they want. No, you cannot instruct them to draw a picture of their family. That's not my reading of the bill. That is what the bill says. They can still, kids can still draw pictures of their families. No, they can't. It's instructing in sexual orientation. How is that instructing in sexual orientation? It's, a, it's taking, it's, a, it's a, a cartoon or a crayon version of a picture of your family. Okay. What's your family? Is it a mommy and a daddy? It might be, it might That's not be. That's a sexual orientation. That's straight. That's a sexual orientation. You can't make a kid do that. All right, this is where you have found the flaw in this bill. Explain it. That's what it, it says. That's what Ex it says. Okay. Explain it. It is bill HB 1557. For those keeping track. Yeah, HB 1557. I'm saying this because it took me a while to find this blankety blank thing. Um, Isn't uh, HB what they measure pencil leads in? Yes. Um, but it house bill HB. Uh, it's the state of, it's the Florida House of Representatives. Okay. Um, this is like the sixth draft. So I actually went back and read the evolution of this bill. The first, the first, um, drafting of the bill was that educators, uh, school personnel or third parties could not encourage discussions of sexual orientation or gender identity. Okay. They could have managed that. That was the way, because then if a kid draws a picture of their family, well, you didn't encourage them to do it, right? You can say, just draw a picture of something. However, the final, the bill that was approved, the final version of the bill is, and it, it's a much larger bill, right? Because they buried it in stuff about reporting and not withholding health information and all that stuff from parents, right? Um, but classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. That means that no, that no teacher in kindergarten through grade three can ask anything about a student's family because that is classroom instruction. I, I don't see it that way. I, they can ask, who, you know, they can ask about their parents. Why? Why would they ask about their parents? Yeah. Are your parents coming to pick you up? What's, no, no, no. I'm talking, draw a picture of your family. The drawing a picture of your family is not instructing somebody in any kind of sexual orientation. Yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. Ed. It's asking this is, them to reflect no, no, no. their reality. No, no, no. Straight people don't see this. And this is the problem when you are, when you don't have to question dominant culture, you don't see this, but when you're not straight, you do because every time family means a mummy and a daddy, you feel like you're not normal. And then this particular age from the age of about two for girls, but four to like you know, six years old, that's when kids really start getting a sense of boy or girl, right? The fact that teachers are not allowed to have these 
classroom instruction. They they have to like sneak around outside, you know, oh, you can talk about it in the hallway, but not in the classroom. This is encouraging shame. Is you this really cannot... in the classroom as opposed to the hallway? I mean, yeah. I would think that in the hallway, you st you're still a teacher instructing on school grounds. The, the way they are defending this is that if it's if a kid wants to approach a teacher and ask them about it, not in class, they can do it. But the truth is that kids won't do that unless they feel they can trust the teacher. Wait, not in class, meaning class time or the Cla classroom? Classroom instruction. That's what it says. All right. That's what it says. So you and can go hang out behind the school. Yeah, which, which great, right? Not creepy at all, right? Meet, meet me, meet me out back, meet me out back yeah, after that's, class. That, yeah, because that's gonna stop pedophilia but, happening. But the the wording of this means that it it isn't you know um, LGBTQ plus sexual orientation or gender identity. It's any sexual orientation or gender identity, which means you can't talk about somebody being a boy. You can't talk about somebody being a girl. Not in class. That's well, classroom instruction. Here's the thing. While you are correct about the reading of that uh, of that law, um, it need you need somebody to make a complaint for and this. That's, to, and, that's what I do. But most people wouldn't go like the people who would make a complaint about somebody mentioning gay uh, or or uh, transgender no, 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 or no. something like that. No, no, no. Those no, no, people Ed. will not complain if you talk about being a boy or being a girl. No, no, that's the thing, Ed. You got a Ruth Bader Ginsburg this. What Ruth Bader Ginsburg did in her early career was took Title IX complaints for men. Because Title IX being? Title IX being the anti-gender discrimination uh, statute. So she took she took cases on behalf of men who are being discriminated against. This is what you do. You you find a, a, a trans parent or a gay couple and you wait until the teacher brings up an, a nuclear family or cisgender parents and you sue. Because the other thing of this bill is that the school board has to pay your costs. Well, the thing is, you don't have to be a uh, transgender parent or, or uh, gay uh, gay parents, you a straight family can file the same complaint. Yep, yep. Now yep. here's the thing that, uh, so you, you've pointed out the weakness and what may it's, hoist it's us terrible. on its petard. It's terrible. Here's another thing that, that interests me. When you're reading, the, when you're reading that, uh, read me again, the bill, because it, it'll refresh people's minds. Okay, again, this is just one clause, okay? Yeah. Classroom instruction, by school personnel or third parties. So that means public health nurse, guest speaker, everything like that. On sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. All right, that last part, or now is that, is that referring to students above yes. grade three? Yes. Because otherwise, it's it, it sounds like it, it it argues with itself that you can't do it, but you can't yeah. do it in yeah, a way that is like it 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 it's is a not bad clear sentence. that yeah. you that are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. No. It's, it's like it's, either you it's can't. It's a bad sentence. Yeah. Either you can't 
do it or you can do it as long as it's age appropriate. It, yeah. It's it's a very poor, who wrote this, the Hulk? This like, is what this is very, what happens. This is, this is this is legislators, people who were elected, supposedly intelligent people, uh, capable what people, I, book smart people. They write this thing, and it's like a run-on sentence. What I read from the various changes, the various drafts, the sense I got was that DeSantis wanted to ram this through, but he didn't have the votes with the more extreme version of it, and he was going to pass something. And so they watered it down to get, you know, slightly more moderate Florida Republicans uh, on side. And it ended up just being a hot mess. This is what happens when you virtue signal legislation, right? It, or it, lack of virtue signal. They actually think this is virtuous. And this is, I, I, I had some really enlightening conversations with people on Twitter. Now, by enlightening, I do not Seriously? mean pleasant. You I may do be not, the first person. I do not mean pleasant, but like I said, we'll have fun with you or at your expense. And people don't see how norms work. It's very interesting to me because, I mean, I had the benefit of growing up in a very multicultural neighborhood, right? You were the minority being white. Well, by by the 12th grade. Yeah. Especially I, I, as white as you are. Well, exactly. But you're a minority amongst white people. And so because the majority wasn't overwhelming, right? There were people from all over the place, a lot of immigrants, some refugees, you know, you know, some multi-generation Canadians, that kind of stuff. The, the minorities were the majorities were soft. And so the minorities were more uh, what they call centered in the culture, right? But we didn't grow up with these assumptions about what was normal. And then, you know, you get into high school and, you know, I grew up during the AIDS epidemic. And so, I mean, that, that brought same-sex couples into the, because it was, it was considered, you know, at first a gay disease. It, it wasn't, but that's how they originally tried to push it, that AIDS was, was God punishing gay people and stuff like that. So there was a real conversation and I was very heavily involved in this stuff. And it was all the same nonsense, the, the, the pedophilia stuff, all that stuff. It was the same old tired stuff. And the only, the only thing that's different this time in to sort of interrupt you in the Florida thing is they're talking about pedophilia specifically. They're not bringing up bestiality, which yeah, is what well, they brought I, up when there was same sex marriage. Well, I saw that a few places, too. But the, the point I was trying to make was this will eventually crumble. This is unsustainable. The 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 tragic thing is the people who get hurt during that process. And that's not an academic thing for me. That's, that's a very real thing for me. That's, you know, personal history, not, um, you know, in, in my school, uh, girls, teenage girls were actually escorting boys off school property. So they didn't get gay bashed. They were more afraid of us than they were of them, but we well, actually had to yeah, you redheads have a reputation. Well, it, it wasn't it wasn't just me, but, you know, these poor gay boys were getting physically picked on 
And it was a strength in numbers thing where, you know, it was a bit of playing with gender stuff where they were less likely to try to beat up a girl. We, we had no such qualms <laughs> beating up them. But, you know, we had to do this stuff because people were being, people were grandstanding back then. And people were trying to show what great people they were and, and putting school age children and teenagers in, in the crosshairs. And people say, well, why are you talking about this with, with you know, kindergartners, with, with third graders anyway? Well, because it's not about, everybody knows people come from a family. That's what it's about, right? I, I talked to one person on the internet, she's in Mexico, and she said that you're very Catholic culture, right? And even then there were, there were transgender people in Mexico. And this one person said, you know, um, uh, Philippe is now Sasha. And that's how it was explained to her, a trans woman. That's how it was explained. She understood it. Okay. She's a girl now. That's all the kid needed to understand. You can't do that in a Florida school. You can't say this person was known by this name. Now they are known by this name. Nope. Because it's, it's a gendered name. She's a girl now. That's instructing on gender identity. You can't do it. All right. Well, the thing is that this probably will crumble and wouldn't withstand a court challenge, yes. but it will have achieved what it was supposed to do, which is give fundraising, fundraising and giving Ron DeSantis more of a stature as a conservative uh, holy warrior. You know, so you he know can run up against Trump in the next election. You know, what's another sign. I don't think they're serious about this. Um, it's scheduled to come into uh, force in the summer. Enough time for someone to challenge it, for it to go to court and get blocked before school goes back in the fall. All right. We'll see if that's what happens. What's going to happen now is we're going to go to a break and right. we're going to come back here on Saga 960 AM. <laughs> So once again, the Royals are in the uh, the hot seat, and this time I think it's a load of bourgeois. Um, bourgeois. 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 B o o s h w a. Bourgeois. Okay. That's when you can't say the word that bourgeois sounds right, like. Right. Right. Okay. But everybody knows the word you're referring to. Right. So you may as well say the word, but you can't say the word. So instead, you say a word which means the word. Ah, this radio. is how this is how censorship works. Right. Anyway. Um, he uh, was talking about the war in Ukraine. Yes. And his comments were, everyone is horrified by what they are seeing. The news every day, it's almost unfathomable to, wit uh, to wit actually witness it, to see it. For our generation, it's very alien to see this in Europe. We're all right behind you. And people are jumping on this idea that he said that, it, that it's uh, very alien to see because they talk, you know, one, one jackass uh, uh, started talking about you have a, a thousand year history of colonialism, a literal, literal hundred year war, launched two world wars, allow multiple genocides, and bomb a dozen nations since 9 11 alone. Yet you make this type of statement. I don't think that uh, Prince William was around during much of the thousand year history of colonialism, but the point is they're saying that because he said it's alien, it's like, sure, it's alien to you. It happens in Africa, it happens in, in Asia, it happens, but they're making out like he's, be he's a racist because he's saying that this is alien to people in Europe as if people in Europe are somehow above this. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is factual, which is that if you, in this, in his generation, 
we have not seen this kind of hot war occurring at this scale, bringing world powers to, to the brink uh, at all. So this is alien for them to see I, I happening disagree. in their backyard. I, I disagree. Why would you do that? Well, in lifetime, we're talking lifetime. His lifetime. Yeah. How old's Prince William? 40. He was alive during the Bosnian War. Was he? That was the early 90s. I'm going to look it up and see. He was nine. I just looked it up. He was nine, 13 when it ended. He was alive for that. He was okay, alive. So he was alive. That for... doesn't make it racist. It makes him an ill Hold on. Hold on. He was alive for the migrant crisis because of the Syrian war where Syrian refugees flooded into Europe and places like Germany. So he's ill-informed. That doesn't make him racist. All well, this interpretation of him as a racist is nonsense. Okay, but it doesn't matter if he's a racist or not. It was for someone of his background and you know, future importance in global geopolitics as, as an example of what it means to be British, you know, these things are not nothing. I had a, I had a really interesting conversation with somebody. He's a, he's a guy uh, who's in Normandy, France. And he was telling me about his grandparents and their experiences during World War II. And I mean, Prince William's grandfather was in the military. He, he did military service. His brother was in the military. It um, just seemed like a platitude that landed wrong. Well, that's all that it is. To make it racist and start referring to a thousand years of colonial... Enough! Like, the reaching that is being done here well, is then, like, you got to be Plastic Man or Reed Richards to stretch that, or even Elongated Man. Talk about losers. You, you got to be able to stretch really far to make this into a statement that is racist. Ill-informed uh, is not racist. I, and some uh, of these people, these anti-racist people, see racism everywhere. I think some people have been so beaten down by the use of the word that they don't, they no longer relate to the sting that it carries for people who don't move in those circles. Does that make any sense? You mean that they're so used to calling people racist that they don't realize that it's a strong term? Well, you get called it, right? When you do these college courses and stuff like that, your teachers call you racist. They call you anti-Semitic. I, my, I remember my 12th grade law teacher accused me of Gestapo tactics for something nonsensical, you know? People just love to throw rules. in the Nazi. Well, people love to throw in the Nazi reference. She was Jewish too, and she liked to rub that in people's faces. No, that's, it, that, it was, that's, that's, that, that's not highly charged at all. People love to throw flex. in the Nazi. People love to throw in the Nazi stuff these days. It, Everyone's the Nazi, the soup Nazi. Everyone's throwing in Nazis, and they don't even really understand the actual history and monstrousness uh, unique monsters of the Nazis. Oh, they, everything's a, anything that stops you from doing something is a Nazi tactic. Um, you're talking about a philosophy that believes that everything is either actively racist or anti-racist. There is no neutral ground anywhere, right? And that is in conflict with, <laughs> ironically, thousands of years of philosophical thought, right? That the there's a school of, of Greek philosophy. I think the Stoics believe that there there is a moral choice. There are immoral choices, but then there are amoral choices. 
There are certain things that are just in the middle. They, they don't matter, right? And the problem with anti-racism theory is it eliminates that there's no such thing as an honest mistake. And so it's very, very charged. And so people who aren't, I'll say, indoctrinated into this particular theory interpret an accusation of racism completely differently than people who have been, you know, pounded over the head with a copy of how to be an anti-racist. So Alvin and the Chipmunks does not exist as racist or, or non-racist, but if it's not anti-racist, does that make it racist in their minds? Yes. Alvin and the Chipmunks are racists. Wow. All right, Theodore, we're going to go to a break. I mean, that, that was an interesting choice because their skin is the same color as their hair. And we'll be back on Saga 960 AM. <laughs> You told me a weird thing that happened to you. Where you got a busy signal when you called somebody. Yeah. That was a that was a weirdly truncated conversation last segment. But all right, yes, I got. A, I don't even remember where that was. It was. You were so calling a, a medical place. Oh, okay, yeah. It got still a busy uses signal. handwritten receipts and things like that. Doesn't use computer generated stuff. Oh, the allergist, right? And you called and actually got a a, a busy signal. Yeah, it was so weird. Like, when what? I don't remember the last time I heard a busy signal. Do you? It, okay, now you yes. do. It was that particular thing. But yeah. before that, when was the last time you heard a busy signal? I haven't heard a busy. I mean, since call answer came in and called uh, a voicemail, I haven't heard a busy signal in years. I remember calling people, like calling friends and like getting a busy signal and you hang up and then you call right back see if the busy signal's still there and you hang up and then you wait five minutes and you call again to see if the busy signal's still there. I remember busy signals and, and busy signals in a way were actually better because when you were talking to somebody, someone else didn't have the opportunity to interrupt your call. But, you know, when somebody calls while you're on a phone, it makes that little silence, the moments of silence that interrupt what the conversation you're having. Yeah. I actually like busy signals better because you're calling You'll find out, look, I'm already talking to somebody and the idea that they should intrude and on my call because they're calling or the idea that, that you as the person receiving the call now can determine if the person you're talking to is as important as the person who's calling in or if you are uh, the person you're talking to is lower down the, uh, the totem pole. I can't say that anymore, but you understand the reference. Yeah, I realized the last time I heard a busy signal before this. When was that? My my parents phone because they can't stand call waiting. They don't have it. So if someone if if my mother's on the phone and someone is leaving a message on the voicemail, both of those are, are those lines are occupied. And so you'll get a busy signal. Do they still have a rotary phone? No, that was my grandmother. She had a rotary phone until she went into the long term care center. Uh, it was funny because one, one time I, I was trying to get a hold of you down at City TV and it's a dial tone switchboard, right? And I was calling for my grandma. So I couldn't get through because she didn't have a touch tone phone. What did you want? I wanted to, I don't remember. You were working some holiday. Oh, all right. I wanted to find out what was going on. But yeah, it was it was interesting. It was this oddly powerless feeling that there was no, because there's no, there's no receptionist on on duty at that time but there was no way Doesn't to matter you couldn't press zero right 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, apparently zero on a rotary phone does work. They put that in because of the fact that some old people had rotary phones, but yeah, couldn't get through. <laughs> Man, That's nowadays, how much the world has changed, right? Nowadays, people don't even have stationary phones. Um, all right. Uh, Liana can be found at Red Liana K on Twitter. Uh, Liana K is the name of her uh, channel on YouTube. Videos about various and sundry subjects that are both intelligent and uh, amusing, entertaining um, in equal portions. They are available four days a week on Liana K on YouTube. Uh, or if you are a Patreon and you support that channel, which I encourage, you get an extra video. So it's five days a week. I can be found at Ed the Sock on Twitter, Ed underscore the underscore Sock on uh, Instagram and uh, TikTok. And check out both Liana and me on newmusicnation.ca. And uh, that's it. It's the end of the show for this week. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, for uh, I turn it over to Liana to give our, our uh, sign off. Liana? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>